I think the business is my way of having an impact on the world in the right sort of way. A B Corp is a marker for how we sort of measure where we sit for, to a certain degree. But the bigger our business is, the more of a voice we can have. I'm not an individual who will sit on a thing and motivate you know, thousands of people. Yeah. So how can I have an impact individually? For me, that is through growing the right business in the right way with the right culture and inspiring the team to get on board with this vision of what we could achieve together. Not just for me, that's not the point. It's not about the I. Yeah. That that's that's kind of why I think that, that that's my motivation. That's the, the the kind of why for me. That's a really important thing. Welcome to episode two of Soup in the Loop. Today I'm joined by David George, CEO and founder of Bitmo. I've had the pleasure of watching Dave's inspirational journey from startup to scale up over the past several years. In my opinion, David is a leader, a leader with a global vision, using his passion for cycling to build a legacy focus on having a positive impact on the world cyclists along the way. Today, we explore the man behind the Bitmo brand. It was a real pleasure to have a friend in the studio, and I hope you find the conversation as interesting as I did. Dave, welcome to the pod. Alice, you. So, I'm so glad you're here. It's something we spoke about a few times. You know, we've we've wanted to have this conversation. Um, selfishly, I know it's going to be a very easy conversation because we've known each other for a long time. Uh, and I am uh, deeply admire what you've achieved within personally within your and with your business. So it's, yeah, I'm really looking forward to kind of reminiscing over certain things, but also catching up and seeing where, you know, you're going to go uh, with the business and hopefully find some, you know, truths, which really reflect with the audience, you know, the, our listeners could be right at the start, start up, they could be looking for investment, they could be big business just looking to be more dynamic. Uh, they may just want to be more thoughtful around global issues like I know you are. So to start with, I know there's an awful lot to discuss, but let's just give everyone a snapshot of BICMO as they stand today, and then we'll rewind the clock a little bit. Yeah, so Bicmo, um, we are a cycle insurance specialist. Our mission is to protect the world's riders and the places we ride. Uh, we are a team of uh, 35 bike geeks, uh, headquarters in Chester. We have a, a base in Innsbruck uh, to cover the European markets. Um, and day to day, uh, we protect riders and put them back on bikes. That means we uh, sell insurance policies that protect riders for the unexpected. Good. I think that, <laughs> you know, there's, there's so much to talk about there, isn't there? It's like kind of, that's the elevator pitch. What's the bit that you're proud of or, you know, really kind of connect with you on a day-to-day -day basis? Chunk? Yeah, I mean, I guess like when you when you set out to create a business, we had to go this through this quite recently in a, in a, in a, like a brand positioning sort of document that we wanted to put together to sort of pave the way for what we saw for the future. Yeah. And part of it was around like, um, just wanted to make a dent in, a, in an industry that namely cycling, that uh, I, I love, you know, I grew up sort of um, riding bikes in the Lake District. I'm from Cockermouth, um, where I spent most of my life is in Cockermouth in the Lake District. I grew up in that sector and, you know, my friends as, as well were passionate about that sector. And, you know, you kind of see these, um, when, it's, when well, I'm sure we'll go back in time at some point, but yeah. when, when choosing to start the business, uh, you know, deciding to start a sector, like a business in a sector that you loved, it's kind of, you, you kind of, um, you know, you start as a minnow, no one knows who you are. It's your thing. You put it on the line. And we're starting to get the business to a place where it's kind of recognized within the sector. And yeah. that's, that's taken a long time. You know, we've been through, again, since the end of 2011, we pivoted in 2014. And it, and it takes a long time to happen. Um, 
but that's that's something I'm really proud of that we're starting to get to that place where we're kind of recognised and people know the brand, people know the name. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just from what I've talked around, we're a team of 35 people now that's going to be growing a lot in the next sort of two, three years. So, so you're talking about looking at towards the 2025 in terms of the size and the growth of the business. Yeah, so we've got this kind of current um, current horizon. We're going in the not too distant, distant future. We're going to go through uh, another sort of uh, investment round. Um, we, we, so our current horizons, where we're looking up to is 2025. How, what can we achieve by then? You know, what, where can we get to? Yeah. And broadly speaking, it's kind of ge geographical. It still fits within our mission of protecting the world's riders. To do that, we need yeah. to one protect them, but two the world's riders that means we need to grow geographically yeah. and and uh, provide a protection to more riders in more in more territories so we, we're geared up to doing that like it was a really hard it was a hard step to go from uk to to europe yep. but we now have a licensed entity in in based out of munich in germany big money gmbh that means we can sell uh, uh insurance and protect riders across europe uh and and so that it's really exciting you know the plans you know moving forward but I, I guess stepping back to where we are now i think i think i'm proud of getting the business to a place where it's We've got a level of stability. Yeah, we are not profitable in all our territories. It takes a long time to, yep. for that to happen, but we've got a really strong book, a great book of customers who love what what you know the the, the brand or the, the service we can provide. And I guess the other side of things is is we've got a really great culture within the business, mm. and you know that doesn't just come from me, but it's it, it's something I start. It's something I'm really passionate about, and people. I'm sure we might touch on that some bit yep. in the future is the hardest thing like day to day yeah yeah you know in a role as a, as a business leader as you know like yep. day to day it's the most rewarding without a doubt when things are running people are humming like we had a great day today in the office yeah finish up the model looking forward but uh it's the most challenging as well yep. there's always something going on yeah be most of which is completely out of your control yeah for various different reasons it might be a, an issue with mental health it might be uh illness it might be someone's family member has passed away it might be this you know performance related challenges or all this sort of stuff there's a lot to sort of deal with yeah. but out of that it, you know when it works when the culture's right when things are working together there's nothing better that's a dream yeah 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 and i think one of the things we do want to talk about later is is the culture and the fact that you might have some tips around because i know you like a shiny new idea to pull it from in terms of you know how to get the culture you know entwined into what everyone you know everyday life in the company but we'll go back to that um yeah. just so people know and it may be the same but what what's the weight between the tech business and the insurance business in terms of what you do yeah so um interesting that it kind of came out of the what we recently did in the kind of positioning and ultimately, technology has always been a really important part of a business because it's what enables us to um, enable someone to get a quote, get, the, get themselves protected really quickly, yep. manage their policy 24-7, enables the customer experience team to provide that awesome experience. So it, it's our tech layer for delivery. It's, it's absolutely that. And, and the insurance business is the, um, I guess, in, insurance is the product yeah. So our product is insurance. Yeah. The only sector we work in is cycling. The only people protect are cyclists. The um uh, and then the lay for delivering that is, is technology. So I wouldn't. I, neither can exist without the other. Yeah. You know, we're not just a technology. We're not just an insurance business. Yep. We it's, it's it's a combination of the two of those that enables us to do. So what the insurance do. side is where you pull on the values of understanding the cyclist. You know what they stand for, their behaviours, their passions but being you know passionate around building a platform that can enable you to grow and pivot and be dynamic as a business 
Like 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, the technology platform that George and his team, George is our CTO, mm-hmm. uh, also based in Interwork, have built is, is enables us to transact insurance policies really low touch, as in, as in there's not much interaction with the customer. That's kind of how it should be in the modern world. But being able to do that across multiple languages, currencies, territories, yeah. um, like super frictionless sort of onboarding, that's, that's really what the that's what it's about and then and then at the back end of that you know there's, there's the kind of it's not really the boring stuff it's stuff that you have to do as a business the reporting the data the visualizations yeah, all yeah. that stuff yeah. all that sort of stuff comes out the back end which is really important in, in running a business albeit the customer yeah. doesn't necessarily yeah. see that so it, it's, it's an area that we're investing more into we're going to double george's team in the not too distant future um i know george's and I, i've always got my eye on kind of like what the best experiences are we generally don't Personally, I don't generally look at insurance as to where I think we should go as a business and what we should do. And you don't want to create something wacky. That's not the point. But it's always focused on what's what's going to make it easier, more satisfying, more um, enjoyable for the customer to to, to manage, take out a manager. And it's still insurance at the end of the day. You know, we touched on this a bit ago. And and I still still have this sort of uh, odd thing. I never grew up in, in you know, I didn't wake up in the night thinking insurance is my calling. This is what I want to do. This this, This is me. Uh, and it's evolved in a particular way, which I'm sure again we'll probably touch on. But it's it it it's yeah, it's it's an odd thing. Yeah, uh, working. I'm come from an engineer. I've got an engineering background and sort of evolved in this sort of way. Um, but I think I think part of the issue that I, I still have challenges with saying working insurance is because of, of, of the the normal perception of insurance and that is slow. You're going to try and get out of paying my claim. You're going to yeah. archaic yeah. insurance suits and boots and yeah. brokers, and, and that's not what we're about at all. But that, for me, that is that's a, a motivating thing because it, it shows what the opportunity is to actually change the sector yeah. and do it better and and believe behind your mission. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, just before we wind the clock back, then you know we've gone quite detailed quite quickly with some of the Sorry. topics. There. No, <laughs> it's great. It's, you know, it's fascinating. Just just so that the audience know at home, you you've kind of gone from it this is what you stand for, this is what you deliver, this is what you strive to do. From a user's perspective, the nuts and bolts, what is it? What what can they see and what can they have from Bitmo as a company? Yeah, so we, the, the intention around the business is in, in protecting the rider, insurance is a, is a transfer of financial risk from one person to another. So when when someone comes to our website, in general, 70% of people who buy our policy um, have recently bought a new bike. Yep. So the, the, the trigger for buying insurance normally is I've, I've spent 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. And it can be easy, that and more, especially when we're talking e-bikes that are yep. growing rapidly in the UK as well as as well as in Europe. The trigger for buying insurance is normally that they're worried about the bike getting nicked. Yep. Uh, and that's very natural. Yep. You know, there's, there's, there's thieves in the world. A lot of people have had bikes stolen out at the home or being away. Um, so, but, um, but what, what we've tried to do with, with, with the product, with the package, is actually put together a really simple and easy to, to buy, a comprehensive and easy to, to buy insurance policy that covers you for a range of eventualities. We have as many people claim for accidental damage as we do for theft. Okay. So most people are worried about having the bike getting it, but they're more as likely to, to crash it. Yeah. Be that into a tree, into a cow, or into just... Uh, there's a lot of people that still drive their cars into underground car parks with a bike yep. on the roof. I've got a friend who's done exactly that. Is that you? No, it's not. No, no. <laughs> Mine t- neatly tucked in the van. It's yeah, right. of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of that sort of. Uh, there's a lot of that sort of stuff happening. Yeah. Oh, there, there was even um, uh, a chap had a. Um, he damaged it when he was on a on a turbo trainer. Obviously, he was drifting the rest of it. You know, yeah. you're in your in your garage, your little pain cave. 
uh, with a bike on 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 a trainer, and uh, the, you know, if if that falls off and it damages the bike, you're yeah. still covered for that. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, and what we don't try and do is is try to exclude um, the, the type of cover that we provide. We've act- actively got a project internally that is paying more claims. You know, actually work out how we can uh, we can pay more claims. To, to generally, when, when the claims are not back, it's because um, it's sometimes due to people not locking it sufficiently, not having a lock, yep. um, and you do get fraud. And there's a few other things here mm-hmm. and there, but we're actively out there to do it. Um, but coming back to the sort of the, the policy. Uh, the the intention was to provide something comprehensive, so we we cover you for a lot of the things that you pay more for with other partners. They include the stuff that you wear, yep. you include the stuff that's bolted to your bike, it includes we include worldwide three hundred sixty five day cover as travel. So wherever you go, however long you go for, you're covered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also with some of our packages some nice medical ex- expenses. So if you fall off your bike and you smash your teeth or you uh, you need a physio, you can you can claim for these sort of benefits through your policy. And again, it's really easy to transact, really low monthly, um, relatively low uh, monthly monthly fees, not yep. percent interest. Just making it easy. That's, yeah. that's the kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, nice. So let's wind the clock back then okay. to 2011. I think you said was the original kind of birth of the company. Well, the, yeah, it, it was incorporated at the end of 2011. Okay. Obviously, there'd been a bit of work going up to that, but yeah. that's my kind of date where yeah. okay. it's Project 313 at the time was yeah, born. Yeah, okay. So you were a contracting nuclear engineer, was it? That is, yeah, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. yeah, with you know, from the lakes, passion for cycling. So, how did you go from that position yeah. to right? I'm going to risk it all. I'm going to throw my ideas in a ring and get on with it. You know, <laughs> what, what's talk us through that period? So, I guess a lot of people who start businesses generally they, they don't necessarily do it as a one-off, mm-hmm. and I'd always had. I think in my head, not not necessarily consciously at the time, but I wanted to do something by myself and put yourself out there and try and try and do something. So the first um, after after I finished university, twenty uh, I guess two thousand four or so, um, started a, a gardening business. Not really the sort of thing you do coming out of an engineering degree, but I didn't want to work in an office. Yep. Uh, and I got a tax rebate from a, a, a year in industry, so I, I bought a Bedford Rascal. Do you know what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. Beauty of a yeah. car, green one. Absolutely. It was a green yeah, one, yeah, classic, absolute wagon. Uh, I bought some stuff and I put a, um, a little uh, slip up in a, a post office. I lived in Sheffield at the time because that's where I studied, yeah. and uh, there's lots of big houses around there. And I just ended up mowing lawns and doing the rest of it, and that was really satisfying to do that because you're doing stuff off your own back and you grew a business. I sold it for enough money to pay for myself to go away and travel and do a bit of stuff. Nice. So that was kind of first iteration. Um, and then when I think it was around 2000, sort of seven, eight or something like that, um, with, a, with a mate, Christian, on the, on the Isle of Arran, a uh, beautiful place. Yep. Uh, and we were, we were road riding and just having a chat around. We were, I, I, was, I, I got into in, uh, engineering after, um, after, after traveling. And as, as much as it's a great career, yep. uh, you know, it's a fantastic sort of sector. It gives you an understanding of how the world is put together, how, how stuff's built and um, how the world is, uh, how the world works. But it, it wasn't something I was passionate about. I always worked with people that were far more passionate about doing that. Um, and particularly when, before starting the business, I worked at Rolls Royce and it's a great company, not, yep. not the, not the car one, the, uh, aero engine one yep. in their kind of nuclear new, new build sort of division. And, um, you could, in some ways it was great. You could see your career mapped out for 20 years ahead of you, yep. successful career, continually sort of improving stuff in salary and blah, blah, blah. And that scared the shit out of me because that's not, I, for me, that's not necessarily what it was. Yeah, like. yeah, Life's okay. not about knowing what you're going to do in 25 years. Okay. And 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 so stepping back from that, you know, in two thousand seven eight, having having this, having on a ride, road ride, um, 
just having a chat around trying to build the business in a sector that we loved. I.e., yeah. cycling. So, how, what would we do? How would we do it? Thinking about, re, you know, you can set up a retailer. Uh, there's lots of them now yep. in a nice little part of the lakes. And yep. that's it's quite nice to have a little nice little cafe. That's got some benefits, you know, is it, you're part of the local community and the rest of it. it very lifestyle company. Yeah. Very much lifestyle company. Yep. Think about um, becoming a distributor, distrib distributing products, um, manufacturing something, you know, mm. with the engineering now. So we build something that yeah, people yeah, are going to yeah. use. Yeah. We, we had some ideas and designed a, a couple of bits sort of in the past and it never, never really came to fruition. Have you still got those ideas? Well, no, some of it at the time, like, so Christian was a massive weight weenie. Okay. What you yeah, call yeah, him, yeah, of course. Yeah. What I say, and literally he, he, he had, a, he had some scales that he weighed everything on yeah. and, and he, he, he even, uh, down to the fact that he had a, um, bar grips that was seven grams, like most of the normal ones are probably 80 to hundred or something yeah, like yeah. that. These are seven, like foes. And, and, and the, so the first, the products were largely weight based. Okay. Uh, and the first, the first one was trying to think about, um, it was actually disc rotors. Okay. Trying to make, cause most, uh, disc rotors are, um, a steel because of the, uh, well, the, the similar sort of a mix of different sort of materials, but, yeah. but it was, we, we had a design for one and trying to use like a cermet, like a, um, like coating on the, on the rim brake. There was like a ceramic metallic yeah. coating to see if you could do that to, to, to sort of, um, yeah, to, to see that anyway, it didn't come to anything at the time. <laughs> yeah. It would have taken a lot, but we had a few, there's a few ideas to okay. do stuff, but, yeah. um, and, and various other components, you know, it's not, it's not too hard to think of stuff. Now it's actually a lot easier to get stuff built, isn't it? If you, if you think about 3D printing. printing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can have an idea tomorrow, we can have it printed. We can break it by the afternoon. It's, yeah. It's easy. It's fab, fab Labs, even if you haven't got your own stuff, all yeah. that sort of stuff, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a good place to be. But we weren't there at the time. Um, so th the last thing that we kind of thought of was thinking a bit out there at the time, and it was thinking about... Um, uh, at the time, Christian and, and uh, I, 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 to a certain extent, I wasn't quite as geeky, using a shit ton of different websites to try and find information to put together the lightest bike, you know, doing, yep. it, doing it on a spreadsheet. But then you had to use loads of different places to find weights and uh, the, the best pricing for stuff and the rest yep. of it and how to then fit it and the rest of it. So the idea was how could we put something together that would bring all that together into sort of one platform? That was the idea. Um, and we didn't do anything with it at the time. You know, mm -hmm. finished the ride, had a, some nice dinner, had a glass of whiskey. Yeah. Uh, and, and then uh, we didn't do anything with it at the time, but the, the kind of, I guess, coming on to that, the sort of, yeah, the, the trigger then for moving it forward was unfortunately, uh, yeah, Christian uh, passed away in mm. uh, 2010, I think it was. Him and his brother were not, not uh, down on the bikes for, yep. uh, over by a bus and on, on a winter ride together. When we, It was a day when we should have been riding together in the south of the lakes and the weather wasn't mm. great, so they went for a ride. And, and that, that was kind of a fairly pivotal point in thinking. Of course. Sort of. Yeah. Make yeah, it happen. Screw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a you know it's a tragic kind of incentive to make things happen, isn't it? But you know it's obviously in a good place now with what things going. One of the things you said was really interesting is the fact that being a career man scared the hell out of you, and life wasn't about knowing what you're going to do in 25 years. What what makes you tick like that? Do you think? <laughs> I I I don't know. I, Stuff being too planned, I think, and I, I think, I think, I think I'm really lucky in some ways that we. I come from a background that is very stable, as in, my parents are married; they're still together. Uh, we weren't wealthy really at all, like both both sort of working parents, engineer sort of te teaching parents. But we've got a really stable sort of foundation there, and and, and I don't want to overlook that, you know, because yeah, yeah. that's a really important. I think absolutely personally, I think that's a really important thing, um, and. I, I, I don't know where I don't know where it evolves from. Um 
yeah, my dad used to say I was so laid back, I was horizontal, that was the thing, and he got pissed <laughs> off with the fact that, <laughs> you know, having 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 ability, but maybe not using it in a particular way that he expected, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, more yeah. academically sort of stuff. But, um, uh, and then, but, I, I don't know, I, I, I do think the, like Christian passing away was like, mm. I might not be here tomorrow. I ride bikes every day. I ride on the road every day. Yeah. It's, just, it's not even about riding bikes. You know, more people get killed by cows um, in a given year than than, than uh, the cyclists sort of hitting them. There's 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 so many ways you could yeah, not course. be here tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, yeah. that's something we're all yeah. you know very aware of. Yeah, familiar yeah. familiar with. And I just I just I, I kind of think it's not as though we should be reckless. That's not that's not the point. No. But I think once you start to accept the fact that you might not be here tomorrow and you can live life a little bit more freely mm. without necessarily the encumbrance or the risk or the fear of what if, what if stuff goes wrong. And you'll know it as well as I do, starting a business, when you first do it, you're laying yourself bare. Yeah. Like, this is not anyone else. No, you're not relying on anyone else to sort of do this. And if it's not necessarily about it going wrong. Even the fact that I'm, you're putting a video out there, this is your creative self. Yeah, yeah. For me, this is, I have built this, this is a product that I've built. Yeah. And that's very, it's quite, it's quite intimidating. Yeah, yeah. Like even today, it's kind of, we almost hide behind the work that we do. We've never been a real kind of shouty, look at us, aren't we clever? This is all exciting, we're creatives. We've been, me and Garen, obviously we founded it together. Um, yeah, we put ourselves out there and we risked it, but we, we were lucky to both have support at the time to kind of have the time to develop it and not be too stressed and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we've always, always been fairly kind of organic and slow and build and just yeah. build this little network as we go. It's never been this big flashy thing. So even, yeah, doing this now, yeah. you know, and over the last year or so, doing more yeah. outreach stuff as a business and as a face, yeah, it doesn't come naturally <laughs> at all. <laughs> but as you say, it's got you know it's, you've got to get on with it. I mean, you've got to just you got to accept the fact this yeah. is you, and you know you've got a few grey hairs in the beard now, a few whiskers of distinction, haven't you? Yeah, and, and, <laughs> just a couple. I, I do I do think that helps that sort of level of experience where you can kind of look back and you, you look at your. 25, 30 year old self or people around at the time and starting to, starting to do their own thing. And some yeah. people are naturally confident, aren't they? They're yes. fine to go, this is me. This is yeah. what I am. You know, yeah, this yeah. is what I am. Yeah. Quite often there was something sitting behind that, which is actually still a lot of uh, self doubt and, and sort of nervousness. Yes. But, yeah. but it, it was, it, that, that was, that was a scary part for me just going out. And I did similar, like when I first launched the business, I did not write to everyone that I knew and said, this is, this is live now. This is me. This is on. Yeah. This, yeah. this is, yeah. this is what I'm doing with my life. Um, but I'm I'm really proud now that as I hope you are yeah. with what you're creating that it's um, something that's recognised and respected and and, and is successful. You know yeah. that's it's not something to shy away from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you don't shout about it all the I, time. I guess that you know we'll come onto it, but that's the absolute key. For, that's the reason you keep going, you keep building. It's like unless you're proud of it. Yes, you got passion, but it's got to be like, yeah, this is me. I'm proud. Yeah, keep going. It's doing what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure. I'm assuming you wouldn't rather be doing anything else. No, it's like for a long time. It was, it was easy when we were smaller. What we did was ingrained with who we were. Yeah, it was always like kind of corny to say, but our personal brand was, you know, this is what we do on a daily basis. People knew us around town for what we did. And yeah, it. it was a lot easier to be proud of that and just, yeah, actually, yeah, this is this is me. It's cool. Let's get on with it. Let's be yes. creative. Yes. These days, it's different, isn't it? You know, it's a bigger business. It's as your day people management and it, all the trappings that come with running an organisation is it, yeah, it, it, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's different, but it is fun, isn't it? Yeah. And there is that. I think I haven't had it for a long time where I've kind of thought, 
in a very long time, actually, that I thought there's, there's only been two times I had a wobble, I think. Mm. And that was before we pivoted to insurance. Yep. And that was when I was having to go back to our investors. And I'm really thankful we got had some angel investors where I had to go back to them two or three times to put some more money to make payroll. I've never missed payroll. I'm very proud of that. Yep. But th there's been twice where I thought, I'm going to have to go back to engineering. It's not the worst job in the world. I don't really want to be doing it. But yeah, I could, yeah. I, if I needed to, I could go back to that. And I'm quite lucky to, to have that thing yeah, to, yeah. that I could have gone back to. I think I seem to remember a conversation where it was almost on the edge of, I might go back to it for six months. Yeah. And come back. You know, it's it's that sort of, you know, it happens all the time, doesn't it? And well, it's on the edge. Yeah. And, and if you, because if, if you, like, it is, it depends on the type of business that you grow. The, the, the business that, first of business we developed was this website this comparison website yep. and, and and with that you're really reliant on you need you need to have get a lot of traffic to actually make any money yep. that doesn't come overnight you need to invest into doing that and what have you we did have some successes over the time but there was a lot of times where cash was up positive weeks and then not positive yeah, weeks yeah. and 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 having to go back cap in hand multiple times we're very lucky very very lucky that we've got some yeah. had some early angel investors that support us and continually did and they've done very well out of it now you know very well and i don't i don't resent that at all they helped yeah. us out when we were in need yeah. and then yeah they come out there so just so everyone's aware you know before the insurance company came along let's just go back to you know the original platform what that was you know just the basics of it yeah so it was um it was really building the original concept that i mentioned before when we we're on the isle of Aaron and bringing that to life and it was it was, I guess, in its most basic form, it was a price comparison engine. If yep. you want to find a bike or a pedal or a tire, type in what you want to find, select the product, and we'll tell you where to buy it, either online for the best price or locally for the best price. We, we've always tied in local. Local is a really important part yes. of the uh, sort of cycling sector. We did that from day one. Um, but then we added a bit more content to start with. So we we, we pulled in uh, reviews from Bike Radar and Evans. We were able to work with through the, through their feeds. Yep. We pulled new two videos so you know how to fit that pedal or tire or chain set, whatever it is. Um, and then on top of that, we added some intelligence. This is over a period of time. Yeah, It wasn't from day one. Yep. We added some intelligence where if you tell us what bit – what, what bike you've got will tell you what bits fit it. Yeah. So that used the engineering logic that I built up over time yeah, yeah, to yeah. say X equals Y, whatever. Um, yeah, uh, put forward these products based on the fact that they fit this bike. Yeah. So, um, and and the, the commercial model, how we made money was affiliate marketing. Yeah. So when you click through from our site to Wiggle, Jamie Action or AX, Site X, Bikes at X, then we generated between four and six percent of the total basket value. So we didn't need to hold stock or send the product to do anything. Yep. It's more uh, like a, a referral yep. to the, yep. the partner. Um, that was the yeah, that was a business. And it was a, it was a simple but yeah, beautiful idea. Yeah. You know, having built bikes and tried to fix bikes, the amount of times you buy a part for the fourth time, it still doesn't fit <laughs> and it's still wrong. It's like I'm I'm not a, a nerd. I don't. I should be more kind of due diligent in terms of what I buy and stuff. But yeah. at the time, I remember thinking, yeah, but I've just bought this tire size or wheel that's, that doesn't fit fourth time. When you came along, introduced the platform, it's like, oh, it's perfect. It's like, it's it should be everyone's homepage for cycling. It should, it should, and that's the whole point. And there was, I guess there's two reasons, obviously, that didn't, <laughs> yep. it didn't work in the end. I think there's, there's a few, there was a couple of reasons behind that. Uh, one was kind of... Um, the amount of data we had to process every day, four, four times a day we processed data to figure yeah. out what was in its stock. 
uh, at retailer sites and what wasn't in stock. Um, then we had to sort of aggregate. Say there's like there's 20 retailers who sell this one pedal. This this was an example of it. Yeah. We we have to make sure those feeds match to make sure they're recommending the same thing. And that wasn't very easy to do. They don't all have the same identity number or the same SKU SKU. Yeah. And that so technically it was quite hard. It would require quite a lot of effort to do that. We had to have people manually. I remember the the, the intern summer. <laughs> It was a bad so were you in the same office? Uh um it was not quite then. It was like yeah. we were working with uh the Riverside at yeah. the time and we'd been introduced and we said hello and it's yeah, I remember coming along and knocking on the door one day, it's like must have been about eight interns all just like banging away yeah. inputting. Yeah. But it was again it was just data data input really yeah, stuff over yeah. time. We even had an ex uh, British cycling rider, Hannah Mayo, who who came in and did it. Obviously did, decided that wasn't for her, which yeah, I, yeah. I don't I don't, don't blame yeah, of course. Don't blame her for it at all. But it, we I just remember we had this sort of internal room that was next to the atrium of, yeah. of the Riverside Innovation Centre that were there. And it was a hot summer and it just got the sunlight. It was a really badly designed building. So it was a furnace in there. So we ended up buying this or renting this uh, air conditioning unit but it was so far away from the window we couldn't pump out this incredibly hot air where we were getting cool yeah. on the other side just dumping so it in the corridor in the corridors <laughs> yeah. it'd be like a sauna in the corridor yeah, yeah, yeah. got told so it's like a less glamorous kind of you know you'd imagine the new york kind of <laughs> factory building wouldn't you trying to you know the startup but it was no it was yeah in a fully Fu fit out fury seas tapping away but yeah in the end like the, the, the data management side of things didn't quite um didn't work but then also like the economics of actually um, and it, it's probably relevant for a lot of other businesses. Mm. So if you think about acquiring customers, yes. um, we had to acquire a lot of customers to get enough people to click through to a retailer for, the, uh, for us then to generate just 4 to 6% of, the, of the, yeah. the total basket. I remember that, that you, they buy. you went through a period towards the end where you proved the fact that if you get 1,000 people through the website, X amount spent amount of money. In it. So it was just about scalability yeah. and throwing trucks of cash at it basically wasn't it <laughs> and that's and, and have enough enough confidence that yeah. over time it will work but the, the the challenge with that is you, you're kind of always competing against the retailers yeah. so the retailers make uh 30 to 40 percent margin and we were making uh four to six percent but only when they click through to a, a policy sale yeah and if you, if you if you think about how like google ads and facebook ads and these type of platforms work well you, you need to you, you we haven't got the margin to compete with the retailer so we couldn't really play in paper paper click yeah. you then look towards seo we focused on some sites, but we had thirty thousand product pages. Retrospectively, that was that was probably not a good move. But yeah. but to, to to then rank well, you have to write unique content for every single page. You need to have the right signals, the right things. And we didn't try any of the black hat or grey hat techniques, you know, to try and boost ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And that was in the relative not super early days, but that was twenty eleven. Mm -hmm. That was fairly early days in, in terms yeah. of SEO. But so we, we managed to get some pages ranking better, where we sort of wrote them and, and we you know. But you, we could never compete. No. especially against the price you know yeah. retailers so yeah it was unfortunately i think it was destined to fail a lot of other companies have tried it since do you still think even today if you kind of i don't know was it right to pivot it was obviously right to pivot but do you think it would have failed if you hadn't yes 100 percent. Yeah. i don't know well there was another company called bike soup that came up like a year or two after yeah. we had done that we got Good in contact name. with them yeah, <laughs> strong, strong, <laughs> strong. And they tried to do like a not too dissimilar thing. And there's lots of like secondhand marketplaces that have come and gone. And mm. we thought about that. And I, I still think it's probably a space for that. Like, bike exchange is another example of that where they kind of represented retailer stock. Yeah. They, they've gone through a torrid time listed on a sort of particular exchange. Mm. They've sort of gone down 95%. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a really tough one. I think if, if it was going to work, the other competitor, that's big competitor, was just um, Google Shopping. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and obviously there's challenges around that. Yeah, around. Yeah. Maybe like more of a niche kind of 
marketplace in terms of like the speciality around the bike and the bike build, the custom. Because we remember going to yeah. Bristol a couple of times and the custom builds and yes, maybe some of that would be a bit more, you know, scale it down. Yeah, and then it's too easy to make the money from, isn't it? It's so hard. If you if you want to have a business that's going to scale, you kind of need to you need to appeal to the mass market. Yeah. And then you yeah. got a question: Is it a hobby job yeah. where you make enough to pay for? your travels or adventures yeah, or do yeah. you and the, the point of building the business wasn't to have a hobby job per se like yeah. was it was to have something you, so scalable. from the start then you were quite determined to actually grow a large business a very financially you know rewarding business yeah i mean like the the, the end financial sort of like what whatever that looks like wasn't was never really the motivator mm -hmm. i think it was probably like a but you're realistic to say this isn't just a lifestyle business i've got yeah. you know because, you know, it could have sustained four of you in a room, you know, and you could have taught bikes all day long and gone for a ride at lunchtime. And yeah, yeah. that's not a bad thing in a lot of people's eyes. It, it's no, it's not at all. I, I don't like everything is personal preference around these yeah. sort of things. But I think I always from early on, it was just having something that that, that could scale whilst you're um, asleep at night. This thing is still working and operating and, yeah. and we're able to scale great, you know, make it sort of efficient. But and 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 to do that, you know, you need to I think I guess you need to think in a slightly probably probably slightly a slightly different way but it was 100 percent that like trying to how do we create a, a global business a, a global brand like how do, how do we do this and because create a dent in the sector that we love yeah. you know bikes it takes a long time i did i had a session with the management team a while back where i was kind of looking at trying to get their heads in gear as to how long it's going to take to build bigmo into like yeah. a into yeah. this brand that really yeah. sits in, in the hearts and minds of, of, mm. of riders um and th some of the like the brands that we consider to be even innovative and, and fresh and progressive and, and doing the things, but also brands that we like are doing really nice stuff within our sector. Most of them are 30, 40, 50 years old. These are not like one, two, three year old yeah, companies. Yeah. You know, these are not startups. Um, and, and even in terms of like the Solomon, I, I'm, I'm not just thinking even with the bike space, the Solomons, the Burtons, the, um, you know, you know, specialized Trek, all these sort of ones mm. that have been around from the late seventies around from the, you know, the, the, the birth of mountain yeah, yeah, biking. Yeah. Kona's. Yeah. They still feel fresh. They feel yeah. innovative. This feel, although the, the, the massive global brands, they, they still feel like the brands that you want to kind of associate with and bikes you want to ride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, that's really encouraging and expiring. Of course, the, you know, Patagonia news out today. That's yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. It's just mind blowing. I was sat reading it last night and I was like, you know, every, classic patagonia you know they've not every inch of that deal or you know future proof in his legacy like it's even cost a huge amount of money personally for him to do it for it's not tax. even like oh this is a tax write-off thank yeah. you very much it's doing good for the planet yeah he is committed 100 percent, and it's incredible isn't it I, it's a phenomenal but i think i also think it's a very selfless one i think i think he doesn't I'm not sure if he even considered it as necessarily as his legacy, but as, as the legacy of of the yeah the yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, I mean it's phenomenal. I, I mean I mean capitalism overall is a, a massive shakeup, and that is the, the the almost the kind of it's an amazing end of the scale, you know. And you, mm. you kind of think about that. I'm sure you thought about your own business when you because you kind of you look at that and you're like fuck, you know, yeah. I mean it just yeah, it sort of changes your mind. Yeah, yeah. Thinking but how again, it's, as you say, it's you know Patagonia's what was it in seventies started so, yeah you know, it's not it's not yeah. like us we're not like you know it's a 10 year old business it's it's going to take time to be established to make some of these decisions you've gone a lot earlier with the you know b corp i yeah. would love to have done that over the last couple of years but we're not in a position to kind of focus on it and yeah. in the short term it's that is what we're going to be doing next sort of thing so it's kind of big on our agenda but i know you've gone through it so what was i guess we skipped ahead a little bit conversation but you know <laughs> let's yeah Patagonia, it's got to talk about B Corp, haven't we? Well, it's there, and it's part. Of, I guess it's part of the story. Yeah, we kind of, um, 
I think it comes back to kind of culture and like why you want your bit, why, why, when, when you're building a business, what do you want your business to be? And it's not just, it's never just been about making money. That's not the, that's not the point of it. Yeah. But personally, some people do that and that's fine. You go ahead, make money and do what you want to do after that. It's not an issue. But I think to, to create something more, something that has a dent, something that has kind of meaning is really important. And I think underpinning that from really early on in the business is really important. Although, like, I know, I know you haven't necessarily been through a process of getting a badge. That's, that's not the point. From yeah. day one, you have been very clear about what you're trying to achieve and the quality standards that you want to do it with and that you're where your passion lies as well in adventure sport in biking boating surfing yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and i think that's really important even, even though a process hasn't been gone through now um, and for me the, the the like b corp and the one percent for the planet that we're a member of um is are ways to help us structure as a young business you don't have a huge amount of time so you want to do things and structure a business in a way that is not not as just good internally, but you also get maybe some ex external recognition for what you're doing. Yeah. And for me, B Corp was just a framework for how to to, to, to work out how to do all that sort, sort yeah. of stuff. It was introduced by, by my lovely wife, Alice, mm -hmm. who, you, who you know well, Indeed. Uh, and um, who's who kind of comes from, comes from a sustainability background. And I've always had an issue with sustainability, just in, even in the word that it's, it's so ambiguous. It doesn't. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. For something to be sustainable, you know. Uh, uh, it, it, I think it's not specific enough in its own in its own right as, as a word, but B Corp helps. It's not just about the environment. That's a really important thing. Yep. Environment's incredibly important. We're in a shit show with a you know from a climate perspective, and that really needs addressing. But it's also it also covers the kind of the workers and your social impact, and also uh, your um, company governance as well. And those are really important parts. And it, it's it, it was quite a, it's, it's quite it's a pretty long process to go through. Yep. It can be anywhere up to five hundred questions. But what it helps you do is put some sort of structure as to where you kind of sit, yeah. depending on who you are. The, the rest of the companies that were B Corps at the time were companies that I respected. And the ones yep. that are now, the Guardian, Burton, Patagonia's. Yeah, the of the world, yeah. All, all these yep. sort of, the companies that you respect. So they've mm. obviously done it for a particular reason. Yep. So you almost get to benchmark where you are as a business. And our, and our first score, because you get a score, you fill in all these, was, um, I'd have to remember exactly what it was. It mm. was in the 50s somewhere. Okay. You need to get 80 to pass. Yep. You know, and if you're anything above uh, 80, uh, so 80 uh, we, we, we ended up coming out with 84, 85 in, in our first certification. Okay. But starting with 50, you then understand where you need to improve the business yeah. to actually um, to raise your game. Yeah. Um, and, and that com came across different areas um, in, in terms of uh, staff benefits, maternity, paternity leave, including from a company governance perspective in Section 3.1 of our Articles of Association, really boring Governing documents yeah, yeah, yeah. of the business. It's, I switched off there a second. What, yes. what was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really, the documents no one will ever look at, really, but yeah. it's the kind of governing doc documents of the business is set out how you yeah. want to run the business. Uh, and number 3.1 is, is, is I, I don't know, it, 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 word by word, but it says you need to put um, environment society and the kind of governance uh, on, on the same level as profit when making business decisions. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with making a profit, profit uh, whatsoever. You need to do that, I think, to, to grow a business, to invest into the, the business. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, you know, Capitalism is 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 probably about the you know the the accrual of uh, capital of profit. I think in its own right, it's not not too much. But at what cost? Uh, what, at what cost? And 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 what? Yeah, uh, is it just does it just lead to greed? And I think good strong taxation, strong um, uh, governance is needed for companies to to, to do it well. So I don't, I don't think there's any particular challenge with that per se. Yeah. But but section three point one, I could pull it out at any sort of board meeting when we're starting to make a decision of doing a vote and just re remind let's remind ourselves. Yeah. Th this is why we exist. This yeah. is not just for for our shareholders to make more money for them. Yeah. This is for our stakeholders at large. Yeah. That means our team. 
That means our, our customers. That means yep. our societies, uh, our, our communities. It means the environment. Yeah. All the all the also these uh, things as well. And so overall, is a great framework for figuring out where we were, but what we needed to do yeah. to yeah. be better. Well, I think you've not the nail on the head there it's it's quite easy and i do it all the time i get inspired by reading something or I hear something oh that's a nice idea i'd like to do that i'd like to be seen to be doing that for the team or we'll try it in bits and pieces but keeping the momentum or keeping it at the top of the agenda each time that you know you sit down as a management team to make a decision as you say if you've got the, the right on the wall is this for, good for the economy the planet communities should we be doing it it's you know it's a very different way of doing it, isn't it? Well, I, I, I anchors it all back and yeah. gives you. I, I kind of think you need this sort of uh, guiding principles or whatever you mm. want to call them, and these type of things. And those sort of, yeah. and for me, that's how culture is built. You need to have, even if it's an un, unwritten set of rules mm. as to why you exist, why, why you're here, why you're working together as a team, why you're doing the stuff that you're mm. doing. I think that's really important. Yeah. I mean, you could get it up on the wall there, Stu. I mean, that's a big, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate stuff on the walls. I don't yeah. know why I said that. I think Tattoo. it's yeah, 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 yeah. Just bring it out every, yeah, yeah. every um, time. I guess that you know, to be driving a business forward in in the way that you are, in the sense of with the creativity around what the product is and the passion, uh, the due diligence to do it properly to build a team, but having the foresight to do things differently and disrupting the markets, and also do it for you know, with encouragement from Alice, I'm sure do it in a way that's better for the planet how have you structured even from day one the people around you and the influences to keep you on that track yeah or is it more of an individual thing i'm just you know no it's not i, th I think like i mean i i have a really i'm really i feel really proud to have a strong set of group of friends which yep. of course you are uh, an important one Thanks. like to, to <laughs> cheers to that I, I think it's really important because you, you do get choices to who, who you have around you and who you listen to as well. Yeah. And I've, um, one of the things, it's interesting actually, because as a, as a, as a, as a team leader, a business leader, I put a lot of focus and effort into making sure that the structure of the company and the training and development plans and the one-to-ones, the review processes for all the teams. So listen to them, how they're feeling about the business. What do they need to get to the next level? Yeah. Um, if you've got any ideas that want to pull forward and supporting them and their career development, but then it's very easy to forget about yourself. And, 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 and when you're at the top of the chain, like it's, you, you've got no one doing that for you necessarily. Yeah. Um, and I think you can, we've got a good, a good board of directors and not, not all companies have that and not all companies need that necessarily. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that can be one way of working it. But personally, I've, uh, I really enjoy spending time and bouncing ideas and just having, you know, time with people that I like and respect. Mm -hmm. You know, you're running a business. You know what it feels like to, you know, to to, to run and manage a team. Yeah. Um. I was having a chat with Tom Whitley last night. You know about about some of the challenges. Our next guest, hopefully. Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be a good. One. Yeah. Loves to talk. Loves yeah. to talk. Um. Uh, about um. Yeah. It's, some of the epic challenges and some of the man. I mean, there's some massive highs and lows in there. And I yeah. think you need the people around you to help almost kind of normalize that and remind you, you kind of why they're, yeah. why you're there. And, and I think, I think that's super important and that can come from family. Some mm. people have got super tight knit families. Yeah, I've yeah. got a great family. Um, we are distributed. So we only see each other every so often. So the people I, I speak to day to day are both the team yeah. and I'm, I'm a kind of friendship network. Yeah, so yeah. In, in terms of like the team around me, I'm really lucky. I think that we've got, we started off the business around a table yeah. or we start to get more senior people and which is good that moves us forward but yeah. from day one you have to have not just the people but the right relationship 
yeah to make it work yeah because yeah. you know obviously for us it's two things really i'm, I'm lucky because there's two of us you know the problem shared and problem half and all the rest of it so from day one there's that comfort blanket probably from both myself and garen of each other but in the early days it was a lot easier i was talking to the team today about this actually i find it harder now to keep that momentum with the inspiration and the people around us as family man business busy go back five years it was a lot easier to have this more dynamic network and meeting people and bits and pieces the business gets bigger you get busier you get bogged down you get tired it's not less time to go and network and meet people and all the rest of it so it's like how would you keep that kind of spark <laughs> isn't it it's, it's difficult isn't it to keep the inspiration going it's it's really hard yeah i, I think yeah it's super hard i mean I, I agree with you completely like your time gets massively sort of short and you've got to choose what to let go because mm. you can't you can't do everything can you I, th I think the first thing that's really important is looking after yourself you know I th if yeah this is my my next 12 months i've okay. i've kind of awoken and said the last 10 years of my life has been dedicated in a way that i've completely utterly forgotten about myself yeah and you just focus on the business that's yeah. that's the, the all-encompassing trying to move it to the next stage and now yeah that's good so the next 10 years is going to be me <laughs> yeah yeah very good well hopefully well a balance i think is yeah is, you know, a healthy yeah yeah, yeah i think that's fair. what's what does that mean adventures challenges yeah all of that all of the above the diet that, yeah yeah indeed. sort of uh yeah lifestyle yeah kind of get back to being able to you know i want to be you know i've always loved that mountain biking the surfing the hiking the climbing the snowboarding the if it's an adventure and someone invites me, still need to go split boarding. It's still a dream. I want to come and do it. You got to do it. But you know, the last five years have been bogged down with work and all the rest of it. Keep the energy to invest in yourself, to be able to still do those things you love to do. It gets harder and harder. It does for me anyway, not for everyone. So yeah. yeah, to I've always been in awe of the energy that you've had Thanks. to keep going with the business, keep, you know, up with Alice. Yeah. <laughs> no, no easy, <laughs> no easy feat. <laughs> and also keep the you know just yeah just be who you are really sort of so yeah it's maybe there's a lot of people looking thinking how is he doing it <laughs> maybe there's a bit missing i think there's a screw, <laughs> screw loose i don't know i like i um I, I i yeah i think part of it's circumstance and having that it's not like a fuck it attitude that's not necessarily the point it's not at all, at all, at all. but i, I kind of think like where would you rather be you know what what, what where would you, you know would you rather be doing this or again i was <laughs> When I was working at Rolls Royce, it was in the, like an, an industrial estate in Warrington, and I don't know if you've, I, I, I say, I don't know if you've done. You've done that drive along the M56 many times. Yep. It's fucking, it's it's quite a depressing thing to have to do that every morning, sitting in traffic and the rest of it. You know, yep. you, you think about where else you could be, what else you could be doing. Yeah. But I, I do think riding more often. You know, I've 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 I haven't done as much this summer as I, as I would like to do. I've got two young kids, one's mm -hmm. two, one six, and that's a really hard thing. I want to be present for them. I want to be a good yeah. dad. I, I, I feel like I'm really lucky at the moment because I, I ride them to school in the morning. Uh, I take them to school in the morning on a bike. Yeah. Uh, wife picks them up. I'm still back in time for bedtime, if not sort of dinner before. And that's a really lucky thing. Not everyone can do that, and I'm yeah. fully aware yeah, of that. Yeah. I value that immensely. The thing that comes back from that is that I have less time to, to get out there and do stuff. And it, interestingly, I still look at people who I am inspired by mm. and motivated by. Uh, Julia Hobson is one of our ambassadors. She's yeah. a Juliana rider. And I just look at her stuff and she, she's a guy and she does lots of stuff and she into winter as well. And I, I like the, I like Instagram for making me jealous of the fact that they're doing something. That, I think that's part of it. Yeah, fucking yeah. I wish I was out there yeah, yeah. doing that. And I, I think it's part of it. The thing that I do want to do similar to you, and I'm just, it's in my head at the moment, I try to book a big unsupported uh, gravel ride. Yeah. Are you speaking to 
Rob about something, weren't yes, you? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. He was talking about the gravel foil stuff and yeah. like I've started doing it with Howie, so you know, he's 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 eight. That's he's, amazing. He's stuff, at a point where I need to make sure I'm fit enough to keep up with him in about <laughs> two years' time. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of slowing down a little bit and understanding what adventures we can do together that still, you know, he's obviously loving every second of it, but we both need to benefit from it and kind of explore. So bike packing has become this new little thing we're learning together. That's amazing. It's packed the trailer up, it's slowing down. And I just, you know, it's the reason we all like cycling, isn't it? Yeah, you can go a million miles an hour as fast as you can somewhere, but the ability to slow yeah. down, yeah, like on our Amber Hagen trip, yes. 13 years ago, whatever it was, yeah, being able to slow down and just take in the world and chat with your son while cycling through you know, the forests of Wales or Scotland is an incredibly lucky thing. And I, I love seeing that stuff come through. Yeah, Very heartwarming. Yeah, and yeah. you kind of see the smile on Howie's face. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's loving it, isn't yeah. he? And I'm not pulling all this stuff <laughs> the trailer. <laughs> with the trailer. You need a battery, mate. Yeah, no, tell me about it. But, I'm saving up for a battery, by uh, the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the next thing I think for me, like there's, talking like being short with time i've had a chat with a few people of late yeah. a lot of people that live not not far from where we live in austria and and but the young people and they choose to have generally one of the lighter weight uh, full source mountain bikes this is not like a city tourer because if they've got 40 50 minutes at lunchtime they can do a climb and a descent mm. that would normally take them say two hours yeah. if you were not powered so that gets more out of your time you've got a massive smile on your face when you come back for your two o'clock call yeah. or whatever yeah. Yeah. and and for me that's i think it's probably about making the right choices to make the most out of your time. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not in a perfect position with that at all at the moment. Yeah. But I think as long as we're moving in that direction. So just so everyone's aware at home. Yeah. You lived in Chester for like eight years, maybe, was it? Yeah, something I was I was living in Chester when I uh, worked for Rolls Royce and that's where I started the business, hence yep. the reason the HQ is yep. here. And uh, one moment you woke up and decided <laughs> to Well, I mean so Obviously, there was this underlying thing about wanting to build a business that was not just a UK-focused business. Yep. So that was always at the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. And Brexit was a, like a sodic moment. That was like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I've done amazing things for the country, hasn't it? You know, 300 million back to yep. NHS. Let's overlook that. But that was a bit of a trigger for doing it because we used to be able to sell from the UK into the whole of Europe yep. uh, insurance as a, as a financial, financially regulated company. That uh, Brexit put an end to that, so that set a ticking time. Bomb, I remember it was quick, wasn't it? It was a very kind of, well, actually, we need to move on this. Let's do it. So the, the next big sort of block, the next area we were looking at was um, Germany, Austria, massive mm -hmm. economy, loads of people riding by, it's good average bike value. Um, and then so when, when I'll be our first uh, born, our son was three months old, Alice and I borrowed a, a motorhome from a chap called Paul Evington, he does grind Euro and other stuff. And we, we came down through, through the Alps. Uh, and with a view to... It was in my mind actually looking as to where to live. I'm not sure Alice was necessarily <laughs> yeah, yeah. knew about this at the yeah. time, but that's another okay. another story. And we kind of came through uh, Switzerland, the various different places, and we kind of landed in um, Innsbruck. Mm -hmm. And Innsbruck is quite unique in a place that um, there's not many places that have the mountains on your doorstep. And I'm talking like two thousand four, yeah. five hundred meter, seven half thousand, eight thousand foot mountains on your doorstep. Um, university, lots of like young talent that that want to be there. Uh, airport, good transport links. It's a city, so it's not overly, um, it's not too uh, seasonal. Yeah, you get more people in winter, more people in summer, yeah. but it's not like this. There's this like vacuum when it's you know in between season. Um, and I just went riding, and I just went riding. I got chatting to a few people and uh, on the mountain bike and stuff when we were just there for a few days, and it, it had an interesting vibe to it. So um, yeah, so now I now live in Innsbruck. Uh, the office, we, you know, our company's registered in Munich. Is is uh, in Munich the GmbH mm -hmm. yep. license there? But yeah, our HQ, our, our European HQ, is in Innsbruck. 
which is somewhere you need to visit very soon. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I, I keep saying it will come. I would need to bring the camper van and just do the whole tour. Is, is the plan at some point? Do it. But you'd be glad to know my new passport arrived this morning. So it's, it's, uh, it's, I, a, it's a dark, dark one, though, isn't it? Yes, dark day when you get a dark passport. It isn't. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well. It's all right. It's all right. Um, so yeah, what's so what's the plan with like Innsbruck? It was a short-term thing, but now things are really developing over there. I mean, Europe's becoming a major part of the business. Yeah, I mean, like, I would not do Europe in the same way I did it first time. Like, we, we didn't have a huge amount of budget. And I think if, if I'd really stopped and thought about it, maybe we wouldn't have done it, I don't know. But it was kind of, uh, there was an opportunity there. Brexit was coming up. And the first couple of years were hard. You know, you move to a new place, having to recruit people, set up another office. And I, I, and I think... So we, we one of which is we didn't really have the business, the budget to recruit the people who knew the market to do it well. Yep. Um, but also, I, I, I made a mistake in sort of setting up, a, setting up a separate team and not really using the learning from the rest of the team that was there yep. to inform what we should be doing. And we should completely change that now. Everyone in the in the kind of Innsbruck team sits within the team that is a global team. Yep. So you've got kind of a territory uh, uh, focus, but also like a skill sort of focus, be that marketing or partnerships or customer experience. So we share knowledge, we share understanding, and that's and and, and this past twelve months has, has been like a leap forward. We managed to see it work because it's when you've got investors that are having to put money in like again to, yep. to 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 grow the business in Europe, and it's not quite getting to where we got to in in the early days in the UK. You've really got to have a solid reasoning for why. Yeah. And and this is the year that it's it's been a, it's been a pivotal one for us. So, but I, I say that you live and you learn. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, there's a moment where you had to do it, so you did do it, and then obviously you learn from there, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know you you can't really go back. You can't really sort of. I, I say you can't go back. We've done it now. We've done the hard yards, and yeah. particularly coming up to like a, another sort of funding round. Mm. A lot of companies will say we're going to do Europe. Yeah. Uh, but it's easy to say stuff. It's yeah, very yeah, hard yeah, to do yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's part yeah. of. Because I remember, like, actually, let's just go back a little bit because I think we've 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 skipped, we skipped. the whole <laughs> pivot moment. Yeah. So you know, there was a bit where you you built the platform. In all intents and purposes, it worked, but it was hugely complex and there was there was flaws. But you still believed in it for a moment. But then there was a conversation with Hiscox Insurance came along, who very quickly arose to be more of an opportunity that you decided to explore very rapidly i remember within six weeks i think it was wasn't yeah, it? pretty much to committed to it design a product well yeah i mean yeah the basics of it like insurance was on the business plan from day one but it was it was down there as a sort of sub part to say well we know bikes better than uh an insurance company they just yeah. they wear suits and they do have insurance so we, we can add something to their service we can save the money we can improve their, their experience so that, that was on, on there from day one. And then we kind of got got the, you know, part of the way through the project. And we built this platform that we're really proud of, you know, at the time. Yeah. And it's worth touching on is it, uh, uh, that you did a, an amazing video for us uh, in the Camp and Furnace in Liverpool. Uh, it, it was amazing. The, the, the issue with that, the, <laughs> the issue with that was that the, the actual platform didn't work as well as the video suggested it would. So <laughs> yeah. it's a learning for the future. Get, yeah. the, get the, make sure it's the other way around yeah. or at least on a par. Yeah. Um, so really proud of it. But, um, it just wasn't working financially. And there's only so many times you can go back to investors to say yeah. we need some more money. And I, d I didn't really see that sort of, uh, you know, the kind of pathway. I didn't see us getting to where we wanted to get to. Um, so through a friend called Liam Green, actually, who used to ride with friends of Mike and Kate and all that, mm -hmm. a, a group of friends, um, they introduced me to a chap called Lee Turner at Hiscox. And we met at a, a service station on the M56. And I pitched him what I thought we could provide to Hiscox. Yeah. But at the time, he pitched kind of back to say, well, why don't you build an insurance policy? And it really wasn't anything I'd ever imagined that we'd 
even consider. Yeah. But he, he just said, think about it. So th that was a kind of trigger point to go away and look at look at what was in the market. Yeah. Do the research in the forums, social media. It's quite easy to find that sort of information. What are the pain points that people are experiencing? Yeah. And at the time, yeah, the existing players were massive insurance companies just doing recycling as a small part. The technology was awful. The user experience was awful. The worst was 20 questions just to get a quote. Yeah. Uh, over five pages just to get a quote. So it was like the gap is massive here. And then if you look at it from a like a, a, a commercial or financial standpoint, well, it's really a subscription model mm -hmm. because insurance is based on or successful businesses are based on retention. So you sell a policy on day one. And if you do well, and uh, then that customer will renew for the second year and the next year and the next year. Yep. So if you've got this built, uh, and then you've got this building book, back book of customers, retain customers. So if you're then selling new, more new policies yep. each year, you kind of hit this sort of exponential curve as yep. a kind of hockey stick sort of thing. Um, so, so it really made sense for, from from a standpoint. So we're kind of intrigued with that. Um, and but I, I then had to take it back, and we we're in this quite cool space in this like loft space in the middle of Chester, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really fucking hot. I remember banging my head several times on the beam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and this cool, it's a loft space, and we, and like a nice sort of fairly tightly tightly knit team. And to go back and tell them we're going to go into insurance, that was not what anyone signed up to do at all. Yeah, you know. So there's a lot of skepticism from them as well as myself in, in thinking about it. But when we when we talked around it, and you helped us out in the initial sort of design, the web, website design, and it so was forth. pretty much a. It literally was back of the fag packet website design, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it was it, within days. We kind of spun something around to try and move quickly, figure out how it worked, and we we built the original platform. I'm going to get the timing wrong. I'm going to say it's eight or ten weeks or something like that. George mm. built the platform. <laughs> And then we're selling policies. And then because we had this sort of uh, database of customers, we knew the bike sector. We went to the Rafa Tempest Festival at the Tour de France in, in, in September. Yep. And and there, as, as has been a big part of the business ever since, we we sold coffee. And if, you, if you're going to give us an email and ask some questions about insurance, you got coffee for either for free or 50p, whatever yep. it was. It was something like that. And you dragged me into holding an iPad and collecting. <laughs> it was a good weekend. We got to ride some nice bikes. It was good, we? yeah. We saw... The, the Tour de France whizzed past. Yeah. We heard it whizz past, yeah. seen it on a big screen. It's like, hmm, okay. wasn't, wasn't part of the experience. Yeah. But it was, it, but, but, that, but then we had 2,000 email signatures at the yeah. end of that. Yeah. And then we went to the, with, I think it was with Bianchi, we went to the, because um, we knew them through the, the sort of previous stuff, Griff and Kurt Bianchi. We went to the, the cycle show in 2014. Uh, yeah. 26th of September, we, we, we switched the, the, you know the, the taps on and we were selling policies from day one yeah. and and i think because of how we sort of put across across that felt very different to, to riders we spoke in a way that was very different how exist you know yeah. how insurance companies spoke it's a different market now there's a lot mm -hmm. more plays in the market it's a lot more competitive yeah. but it was quite early days and it, was, it was different it was new because yeah. you had to even from day one you said you were selling them quite quickly but the competitors came quite quick and fast didn't they as well so you had to keep moving and keep developing it was amazing how quick even even in terms of like website design like yeah. in terms of how things looked and felt yeah. the wording you can't you can't copyright that stuff and like day-to-day -day people copy other people's uh yeah logos mm -hmm. and styles or whatever yeah, yeah. but it happened really quickly but but then i think the nice thing about starting from that place is that you're not really looking at sort of them per se you just got your eyes in front of you yeah. just going for it and yeah. figuring out what you can do and mm -hmm. ways in which to grow the business and you know it, it didn't you know, early on, we're selling a lot of direct policies and we, we've, you know, part of the business has grown around our partnerships with really trusted companies. Yeah. We had, like, British Cycling was the biggest one for me, really. Like, I had the first conversations three or four years before actually winning that partnership. Yeah. But that's like the, like, and this is after 2012 where, you know, uh, you know, Olympics, Wiggins, track team just absolutely smashing it and yeah. so so to my mind the British Cycling was this sort of like this, this massive thing. And mm. but, but when you go into the, 
the reason I think we we, we managed to win it is that one we showed around over a long period of time. We were doing the right things in the bike industry. Yeah. Most people that work in British cycling are cyclists. They're there because they want to improve their sport. They want to improve cycling as a means of uh, recreation, as, as yeah. transport, get kids on their bikes. They're really passionate about what they do. Yeah. And and partnerships are really about relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we got it. We got them. They got us. And we really there. That partnership is about supporting British cycling and what they do. Yeah improving their membership, enabling them to, to provide more services that help protect riders, you know, and that's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's a beautiful yeah, one. And yeah. that's the one I'm most proud of that really kind of, it was a stepping stone yeah, for the future. Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter how, you know, you're walking around in your flannel shirt, being a rider, <laughs> talking rider language, but there was always this, this Cox support, you know, everyone said, oh, it's this Cox. Yeah. It's a big brand. And, yeah. and and that was when you call it serendipity, luck, fate, I don't, I don't really care. Yeah. That's been a really big part of it, especially the early years. Still a really great partner for us yeah. now. Um, but yeah, you get trust when people recognize a badge. And mm -hmm. at the time, Hiscox was spending really heavily, and they still do, very strong brand, spending heavily in like train stations. So people recognize the brand. Yeah, yeah. They had a TV commercial, didn't they, across ITV for probably, was it 2015, I think? Yeah, with that other home, sort, yeah, of yeah, the, yeah. sort of 3D yeah. sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so, so they were quite a prominent brand, and they were fantastic, and they've been an amazing partner since. They gave us the opportunity to question every last part of the policy. Yes. There's even things as simple as... Um, these, you know, we used to start off with giving away thirty days free, uh, thirty days worldwide insurance. Yeah. The question to them was, well, when someone makes a, a a claim when they've been away from the home or they've been travelling somewhere, do you check how many days they've been away from the 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 house? And they don't; they never do. They just mm -hmm. wasn't part of the process. Very few riders, save the ones that go around the world, ride for three hundred sixty-five days a year. So why not why not why not limit people why, why make it feel like it is limiting to them to buy it so we just gave that away for free no extra charge for doing it yeah and that's what we're, we're always you know interested in doing giving the best value to the rider for um you know fair price yeah great so you've pivoted you've had a great partner doing it the team bought into it i guess they bought into it because the values were the same regardless weren't they in terms of i imagine that if you were to sell a weight weenie saddle the, the way that you go about it and the team would do follow you and do it as you do now anyway. It was still like, I mean, day to day, the interesting thing is day to day, most of the team are speaking to riders, mm. putting them back on bikes, speaking to retailers, buying bikes, getting bikes repaired, working with bike publishers, uh, bike brands, British Cycling, Brompton, yeah. Cycling, all, yeah. all these, these cool... And that's what we do, you know. I, I, I can, I can, I can justify reading a bike magazine or something, or going for a ride. It's part of work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just about an hour ago, I scheduled the bike ride with a guy in Switzerland because it's, you know, we need to have a chat. So let's go and have a ride, you know. Yeah, nice. and, and and yeah, we, we're still. Although insurance is the product that we provide, and we're really proud to protect, you know, to aim to protect the world's riders. Day to day, it's, it's biking, and we yeah. love it. Yeah. Good. I think how one of the moments where I kind of there's a few moments where I kind of sniggered to myself a little bit where you know the, the insurance part of the business was was thriving it was growing it's a different approach to business in, it, in terms of the way that works and how the way the value works and you're still heavily invested in new territories new teams and it's still been a very stressful time all the way along but i remember you know time after time it's like oh yeah we're, we're, we're you know a tech startup it's like dave you yeah <laughs> That shit that sailed. So how <laughs> how have you navigated from yeah. the excitement of being a young tech startup, which gives you the excuse maybe to be like, yeah, we'll go here very quick. We'll sprint here. Then, oh, no, we'll sprint there. And it's like, well, rest it to being a bit more kind of, you know, your, your short tech business. It's established. You pan-European. You grow in. It's different. 
<laughs> You've grown up now, Dave. It's, it's, it's more grown up. But I'd yeah. like to say, I guess there's always like the sort of thing about not necessarily becoming a part of the establishment too much. Or yeah. I think I think the like the way in which the insurance, the reason that I, I think I still have those issues in saying I work in the insurance business to, to a certain degree is because of the perception of how insurance companies act. Yeah. in the way and and you know through uh dishonesty or misinformation or like this sort of dual pricing thing we've got a shop around well, why did refusing claim for just at any cost trying to wiggle out and, mm -hmm. and and that's that's a big issue so i, I think i think i've got a thing probably about associating associating too closely to that but it is ultimately part of what we do and that's part of something i'm proud of how mm -hmm. how long are you allowed to be in the startup uh, phase. What's the what's the what's the limit? Yeah, I don't know actually. I think I might have actually Googled it once, <laughs> so I could challenge I, you on it. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't know. I, I, I th it's not it's not set, is it? It could be no. one year. It could be five years. But I guess we, we're stable as a company, and that's a really that's a really important part of yeah. where we are. And I guess I, I probably can we can we be a scale up? Is that right? If we're, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's still, that still gives us a little little bit of free room to sort of uh, room. I, I guess I guess when you call yourself a start there is that sort of there's a bit of excitement you yeah, know, yeah. kind of young and we're doing this sort of stuff yeah. and that's a nice thing and the, the world's you know the, the world's your I keep saying lobster the world's your oyster mm. uh, whatever you, you, you can get out there and, and, and do what you want and probably make more mistakes like you said mm. but it's that, I think it's always difficult to you know as recruitment as you say like people management is like a significant part of your business or your day to day when you recruit businesses now sorry if you, when you recruit people and talent now in, in the UK or in Innsbruck what they're expecting from your business is very different from what people in year two expect to give to a startup, isn't it? Yeah. So like, I think it's very hard still for me. It's like, well, I bled for this company. Yeah. <laughs> you need to. You need, you need to. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the expectations I think of people coming in are, are very different, aren't they? We, yes. We've had to do things like career pathways. Mm -hmm. When you're four or five or six, I can't remember how many people sat around a table, you ain't got career pathways. No. You ain't got, you don't think about maternity, paternity benefits. You don't think about uh, all, all these sort of different things that are really important to people, yeah. especially if you're going to a business where you're looking at, okay, I'm, I'm going to be there for five or 10 years or maybe longer. Lifetime companies, of course, are, yeah. are probably a thing in the past, yeah. not necessarily. Yeah. And and you can have to do that. And again, perhaps that's the point at which you stop being a startup is then you need to grow up a bit and, yeah. you know. And uh, I guess that, you know, what I'm trying to get at is that what value do you see from the team once you kind of understand that difference and actually kind of actively promote and work with it rather than like, no, we're a startup. This is <laughs> rather the way it's done. I, I guess like I, I mentioned before, we started doing this 2025 planning. I think that's probably part of it. You're not, you're not just doing day to day. And I think then, but then you can give the responsibility to other people to think about the longer term. Yeah. And also like people have now got teams. You know, it wasn't just me and I've got four people around me. It was, it was we were just a team. We were just people doing stuff. Yeah. I guess even like, uh, you know, Keith, I had a CX has got a team of whatever, uh, eight, nine, ten people. That's going to be growing massively in the, you know, the next sort of three years. Yeah. Uh, and and you, you've got to pass on that responsibility that, then to think about the long term, not, not, not just about sort of yourself. And I think, I guess that's probably part of it yeah. is not just dealing with the now, the here, the sort of let's do it and, mm. and, and, and get stuck in. It's probably about thinking about the longer, yeah, longer term game. Yeah. So like what I wanted to try and do is just take away a few kind of key moments or key resources or key, um, you know, ways of approaching things, thought processes, I guess, that helped you get to where you are now. You know, if you were going to do it all again, 
the cheesy question is what, you know, what would you make sure you remember to take back with you? I, I guess the, the first thing is probably. Investments. Is, <laughs> 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 no, no. I mean, some companies don't need investment, do they? It's, it's just that the business I chose needed that. I mean, the, the business is really made up of people. You know, and the kind of um, and the culture of those people, I think, always always is 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 instigated by the person who, or people who founded the business, and yeah. I think that's a really important thing. So you need to, but I, I think choosing the people who you're going to have around you is so so important. And not everyone has the, the time or the flexibility or the budget to spend do the Google twenty interview stuff, and it's really hard to find good people sometimes. I'm lucky that Gareth um, uh, James uh, Chappie used to be work at Money Supermarket, who was in the office next to me. Uh, Help me find George. Actually, he came to the interview. It was actually a recruit there mm -hmm. to find job. It's really hard to find the right sort of people, and I think you kind of have to go with your gut instinct with it. And for me, it's not. It's definitely not about sort of qualifications necessarily. It's more about attitude yeah. and how you get on with. There's got to be, be, be a personal connection there. But it's not as though you want. You don't need everyone to be your friend uh, at all. That's not what it's about. I'm not saying. Obviously, I. I you know, I've, I've got. I, I do care for everyone within the business at the moment. Yeah. But which not, is easy when it's bigger, isn't it? If there's four around a table, then yeah, yeah, you kind of got you got yeah, like yeah. people. But I think as long as you care care for people in the way that you want, you might want to see them do do yeah. right, do well. I think that's really important. But I, I think it's, it's it's definitely about attitude and how someone approaches something rather than necessarily have they got a badge or have they got something behind it. But also, something's got to click there personally, especially early on, because you're going to work. You're going to work deep together. You're going to work long, long hours. George slept in his van many times. We've had he's he's yeah. really put in the hard yards he's been with us 10 years as well now we need to something out sort of something out for that <laughs> yeah that's, that's a big moment that's it yeah yeah it's, it's he's a, seen a lot hasn't he? he he's he's seen an awful lot yeah he's he's done he's done good um so people i think would be would be the first one and i think just having like a, a you have to articulate to the, even the first person or even yourself on board as to what you're probably trying to achieve what's your goal what's your aim what's your kind of mission and yeah. i think i think having that clarity in your head and making sure checking your in for it first is, is, is a super important one yeah because you need to have the energy to continue to do it when the shit's hit the fan things are going wrong you don't have to be happy clappy all the time that's not the point yeah. it's just having sort of the motivation to keep it going keep it moving forward to keep out because if, if if you don't yeah. other people aren't that's, yeah. not, that's not the point but if you've got those two things i think if, you, if you've got that right and the motivation you understand why you're doing it mm -hmm. the reason you're treat, treating people well for me that's where culture starts yeah that's where the culture sort of begins and and i think that is really how a business has got to evolve got got, got, got to build yeah. the other thing I've, and i've had a chat with a few businesses before is just be really not harsh on yourself, but realistic about business sort of models. There was someone that was at the Riverside Innovation Center that I spoke to a little bit, a bit ago and really sort of analyzed that they were trying to build out the sort of directory for um, sort of green uh, companies. But when when you figured out how long they had to spend with some to sign them up on board to do this, uh, to, to, to get them on board and then what we're going to make out of it, the, yeah. the economy just didn't work out. Yeah. I think you yeah. just need to be realistic about it. Yeah. I think if I've been realistic about the comparison business yeah. and making that about money then would I have done it differently but perhaps not because there was still a belief i didn't really care about the money to start with i just yeah, wanted yeah, to build yeah. it yeah well you, i think you had different reasons to why you started as well yeah but so because i'm always probably a little too pragmatic at times someone tells me great idea yeah, that's fantastic but have you thought this 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 and this this and this and this and the list is endless you can it? see it draining yeah, out yeah, of them yeah. <laughs> and it's like if you know but that's not the reason I'm sort of trying to talk like that is just, you know, you've got to be, you know, see the wider picture. You, you got can't to be rose-tinted. It's no, amazing, no. like, easy. There is a balance, isn't there, with, with this, especially when you don't want to everyone to make the same mistakes as you. 
but you don't want to quash people's enthusiasm as yeah. well, isn't there? Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a balance. To, and, and, and I've made a load of mistakes with that. I know yeah. other people in the business that I've made when they're managing other people. Yeah, yeah. So, but but it's it's how you it's how you balance that, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. So what's um, what's next then? I guess that question's more. You know, you touched on the business, the the vision, the growth, but one of the things you we've talked about over the years as well as you know the key hires you've had to try and take the weight and the stress off you to be able to get that balance and have the headspace to make sure you're taking the business in the right direction so you know what does the next two years look like for you personally yeah i mean i think the big it's, it's not it's not really a surprise that hiring spending more on hiring good people with experience moves the business forward i mean that's not it's, it's fairly but it's still the hardest thing to do isn't it and if you if you've got very little budget you can't do it you can't mm. necessarily do that you can't expect people to work for a dime who could do something else but there's been two particular hires one's our cfo louise mm. and like i am not <laughs> I, like finance has never been my forte per se we've had a great sort of uh, sort of finance te- uh, team that worked b- before she joined but um she, she's moved things forward leaps and bounds she worked for startups and the rest of it and it's just like then that's me passing that whole part of the business on because when you start you do everything yes because yep. there's no one else to do it yeah you take people on board and, you, and they take on little parts of the business but some pe- parts you will all generally always keep in the early mm-hmm. years won't they? um and so, so finance well, we've got gary bright on board who's a chief operating officer he was an interesting one because he came from uh hiscox actually a big insurance company he, he was a director uh, uh with bicmo as part of their uh, an investment that they put in yeah but he he's really interesting that he's actually brought uh He's brought experience of the insurance world with none of the sort of encumbrances, none of the the weight of it, and he's quite light and just makes stuff happen. That's really important. So, so those two hires have made me realise that actually, for me to sort of start to think about the future of the business, yeah, because I'm in this for the, the long term. This is not like a two years and, and and cash out sort of business. Why is that? Why? Well. I, I, it's not really why I set the business up. It's not why it exists. And it's going to take a long time to build a business that has, well, you want to build a business that has a dent within the, the sector that you love cycling. That's what yeah. I started off with. But also, like, I think the business is my way of having an impact on the world in the right sort of way. A B Corp is a marker for how we sort of measure where we sit for, to a certain degree. But the bigger our business is, the more of a voice we can have. Yep. And we touched on the Avantunard, the Patagonia thing before. Like, I mean, that's been covered worldwide by all the major titles because yeah. it's really important of a company doing something different in a different sort of way. And I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm at that level at all, but I'm definitely not. Um, I'm definitely not a Greta. I'm not an individual who will sit on a thing and motivate, you know, thousands of people. Yeah. So how can I have an impact individually? And for me, that is through growing the right business in the right way with the right culture and inspiring the team to get on board with this vision of what we could achieve together. Not just for me. That's not the point. It's not about that. I. Yeah. That that's that's kind of why I think that that that's my motivation. That's the the, the kind of why for me. And that's a really important thing. And you know, I. You know, there will be some, no doubt, some financial benefit coming coming out of it as well. And there's a decision to be made what to do with that. Yeah. You know, um, uh, being in a for, fortunate position to have, have have options at some point in the future. But I don't see that coming from a, a long time. No, it's down like the road. it might have seemed like a tricky question, but you know what you just said was the most powerful thing we've heard at the session. It's like that strong why to find your to have a platform for a voice. You know, you you you've expended extreme amount of energy to get to this point you know yes it's going to take energy to continue going but you hopefully got the team around you to take right let's sit back let's really work out where we take the business and why we take the business there and how we can then impact 
our great, great impact. Yeah. We did. It was really interesting. We had a, um, a session in Innsbruck and I brought the leadership team over. And we were in a hut called the Umbruglaam. It's this most beautifully arch architectured. Stunning, wasn't it? It was a phenomenal one. We just had this 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 building on one side, and and it was really the, the start of our twenty twenty five strategy. And, okay. and the nice thing about that was it kind of freed everyone up a bit. We're in the mountains, and and you're not you're not in this sort of like clinical environment. Uh, and and I run a number of, ran a number of exercises where I kind of wrote a number of stories in a sort of BBC sort of way. I got people to think about the future, write, writing a new story as to how people are writing about uh, Bitcoin in the future. Yep. And there's a 2023, uh, 2025 and 2030 okay. objective. Yeah, we, we do that with like next exercises, you know, write a headline for your business. What do you want people to talk to you about? It's a great... Great, it's a great so, so yeah. also the pre-mortem what we, we did do that is to write a bad headline about yourself because <laughs> right, yeah. it helps you realize to think about what could go wrong and yeah. what what what, yeah. what might happen in the wrong way and it, it was a really interesting exercise and part of the reason for it was that the 2025 was more practical this is this is the near term this is what we can think about now as to mm -hmm. what we're going to achieve we want to grow the business protect the world's riders achieve our mission and, and you know do some great stuff 2030 was much more free it was really interesting as to what we what we might achieve as a business and um and, and a lot of it was was around the impact that we're going to have together as a team and an organization mm -hmm. to do amazing things in the bike and adventure sports world and yeah, yeah. it's fascinating that actually if the further you look ahead the free you can be with those aspirations it, it just it, it opens mm. your mind a bit yeah. so, so i guess bringing that back to like the, the question before like the next two years for me is bringing we've got some amazing team members there's a few areas probably two areas or three areas in the business i just need a bit more to bring in the right people to sit at that sort of level to run that part of the business that i can sort of then pass it on that would just give me a bit more freedom to then start to think about the future yeah. and of course ride bikes a bit more because for me for me that it is my meditation it's my i get cranky as hell if i yeah. do not alice will will say this a lot it's a bit like having a collie you know, it, I, I get cranky. It's, it's, it's a way I process, process stuff in my mind, yep. as well as keeping physical health, mental health, and all the yep. rest of it is, is really important to me. So hope, hoping to allow a bit more time after whatever, 10, 15 years of graft to, yeah. to, 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 to look forward a bit. So Amazing. Good. Well, I think we've covered a huge amount, really, haven't we? I guess. It's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, from, you know, trials and tribulations from the start to, you know, where you are now and aspirations, the B Corp stuff. It's a it's a phenomenal story, and I'm always jealous about how you can keep yeah. plowing on with so much energy. I must admit, but it's been a pleasure to watch you kind of and be a part of a bit of it as well. Yeah, you know, a big of part of times. it. And yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you for coming in. I think that you know it was a great conversation. Hopefully, yeah. a lot of people can take some advice and. And obviously we can follow up with any other bits and pieces to talk about. That sounds good. Thank you for inviting me. It's awesome to see the studio and just, uh, we don't speak enough anyway, do we? So No, no. Well, Innsbruck's <laughs> a long way away, Dave. Well, <laughs> but you but you split boarded trip. I know. I well, the last, yeah. Well, the last trip, we had to come home early, didn't we? We were yeah. in the airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me and Karen were sat in the airport in, where are we? Like, we're in France. Yeah. About to come over. No, we're, about, we're in the train station in Morzine about to get the train to you guys. Yeah. And then Garen got the call from a client. I need something doing very urgently. <laughs> so with gritted teeth, we, we came home. Yeah. That's how dedicated we are to our, our clients. Yeah. Oh, that is an important thing. But next time, switch off your phone. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah out the window. <laughs> Cheers, Dave. All right. Speak soon. Speak soon.